Ek sê wat ek voel wat die heren vir ons sê, en dan wil ek baie graag hier dat ons wees sal worship. So, ons kyk hoe dit gaan, ek hoop dat dit, um, maar net soos, unleash your kingdom's power here, fill us with your strength. I need you, Jesus, where else shall I go? Come to my rescue. Want hou raai woorde soos wat ek, dit wat ons gesing het vir oogend. Ek dink so baie keer sing ons hierdie goed, maar ons, um, Excuse, ek denk al niemand, is dit alright as ek in Engels ingaan? Is dit alright vir julle? Is dit okay? Sorry, want ek sien julle. So I'm gonna switch over to English, is it okay? Um, I'm gonna try my best. Um, sorry, I just felt in the Lord to do that. And it says, fill us with your strength. I need you, Jesus, where else shall I go? Come to my rescue. Come to my rescue. So we, we so easily sing this, without actually realizing what we're singing. We do sort of know the theology behind it, but do we really realize what we're singing? And I hope that this morning, just sharing what I've shortly got on my heart, um, that we will realize that, Jesus, you're the one that rescues us. So, this is not a, a word that I felt for the year, but I do feel it's a word that's building into the year. Um, we've, we're always sort of in limbo until we've got elders camp um, to hear what the Lord says for all of us, but trying, yeah, so um, there's so much thoughts and um, prayers and what I felt the Lord say for us as a congregation in Swalandam, but going into um, elders camp, we'll hold on to that, but in this week, um, yeah, I was just scrolling through some of the videos on YouTube, and I normally don't do this, you guys know that, um, preach out of something that I've heard, um, but just scrolling through it, I came upon a, a short video from Paul Washer, and I started listening to it, and it's just, the Lord just spoke to me, it's only about 10 minutes, but I think I only listened to about the first, I listened to the first thing, and then I actually switched it off, and I just, the Lord hit me with it, and then as I was working I listened to the next five minutes and then stopped and then just the Lord took over. And I just quickly want to share that, that what I've got on my heart for us as a congregation for the year as well as building into it. Um, so the topic is weakness. Weakness. I want to put on the first scripture. Um, there's not a lot of scriptures. I'm going, to say, I'm going to try and do it as quickly as I can. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 5. I will boast about a man like that Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and he says, "But I will not boast about him. I will not boast about myself, except about my weaknesses." So Paul says, "Yeah, I will boast about my weaknesses." Have you ever thought about that? How do you do that? How do you boast about your weaknesses? in your life now. It's easy to, for Paul to write about it and he's trying to teach us something, but how do we do that? As a Christian, as a child of God, how do you boast in your weakness? It's quite a strange concept, isn't it? In Afrikaans said it, beroem, I beroem myself and my swakere. So, boast, it's actually quite interesting in the, in the King James, it says, yet, of myself, I will not glory. 
It's quite an interesting word to put in glory there. It's actually the original context of that, of boasting. So what does boasting mean? And what does it mean to I glory? It means to put it in a forefront. To put it on top of everything. To stand out. Now, take that into your weaknesses. So to give somebody glory, to give God glory, is to put, glory, to put God on top of everything. Put Him on the forefront. Let Him stand out. Now, Paul says, I want, if there's anything I'm going to boast about, I'm going to let my weaknesses stand out. I'm going to give it glory. Isn't he? If there's anything I'm going to glory about, it's about my weaknesses. See, how do we let our weaknesses stand out? I think this is one of the biggest struggles for us as Christians that we struggle to understand biblically is how to do that. How to boast in your weakness. Because it's not something that we actually talk about quite a lot, don't we? <laughs> See, I, I think in, especially in, but I don't want to say it's today's culture. Uh, it's been a culture of the human race since the beginning, not to boast about weaknesses. See, there's two things that I think stands in the way of boasting, and the first thing is you. Who fool you with yourself? It's very important for us. So how do you feel about yourself? How do you see yourself? What does the world teach us? See, what is your strong point? Build on that. Hold on to that. And your weak points, don't think about them. And that's so connected with people around us. We're so consumed about what people think about us. Come on, all of us. So born into us to worry about what people think about us. What's their opinion about me? I want them to like me. And I honestly think the way we see ourselves, and that's what has been engraved into us through the sin of Adam and Eve, what do we think about ourselves and what we think about what you think about me, totally, totally, totally motivates every decision and every day of your life. Doesn't it? The way you think about yourself is going to make the way you live in every hour. And the way you think about friends and family and people and strangers around you, even going to the beach on December. We're more worried about what people think. That's probably the most, in December, everybody jumps until they get to December so that they can at least go swimming. Because we're so worried about what people think. I'm not saying go naked, <laughs> but, yeah. So, worrying about what people think, is there's two things to it. In a way, 
we're so, it can be good and bad. When I thought about this and I'm meditating on this, I'm like, it can be a good thing and can be a bad thing to worry about what people think. Because the, the good thing is, or the bad thing is, hey, don't compare yourself to other people. We say that. So it's not good to worry about what people think. You need to be free of it. So you get people that's a bit more free from that. Then you get people that really need to work through that thing, the bad side of it. But then there's a lot of us, especially our Christians, we, we think by ourselves, we need to worry what people think about us. Because they need to look at us and see that we are Christians. Don't we? So that's a good thing. So sort of you have to worry. But in a sense, you don't worry. So it's quite strange. And I think there's something that the Lord spoke to me on this. And, and, I, and it's a big problem for, for uh, I really believe, Christians today. But Christians, it's not a new thing. And, and this, getting back to the video from Paul Washer, when he said this, he starts this off, and he says this one line, and he hit me between the head, and I'm just like, geez, Lord. Okay. I stopped the video, and I just pondered on that for a while. And he made the statement, he starts off, he says, there's only one hero in this story, and it's Jesus. There's only one hero in this story, and it's Jesus. See, so many thoughts came up when I heard that, looking at my own life. See, we so worry about what people think, and we so worry about what Jesus thinks that we try and live like a Christian. We try and live like a Christian in a sense. I want to look like one. Now my question this morning is, why do you want to look like one? You don't need to show Jesus that you are Christian. You know that. You don't need to show Jesus or anybody that you are a Christian. If, if the reason why you're doing it is to look like a Christian and not just to love Jesus. Because otherwise you're being the hero. See, Jesus says it's by grace through faith. Not works. And he carries on. It's not about works. But we so easily, and we know this, this is not a, this is basic gospel. But do we really sit and wonder about this and think, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I saying what I'm saying? Am I trying to be the hero now? Or am I making Jesus the hero of this story? And come on, we can, we can so easily do this to I get now in here to sit Come to church, give a word, give a prophetic word. And how quickly when we do that, even in community, after you've given that word, you're like, okay, I wonder, I just wonder, how did they receive that? Did that make sense? 
I honestly want us to, and, and I'm going somewhere with this, but we need to check our hearts. Why you do what you do? And I honestly, for me as well, when I preach, after I've preached, I keep on fighting something in me that wanting to know what you guys thought about the preach. Come on, all of us. Whatever you do. I have to keep on fighting that thing. What do you guys think of me? Am I a good leader? Do you guys like me? Yeah, and I'm working on Rian to like me. Because <laughs> it bothers me if you don't like me. So who am I making this about? Who's the hero in this story? Am I boasting about my weakness? Or am I holding on to my strengths and trying to make you guys like me? And you can pull that through to your communities. You can pull it through to whatever you do. And when it goes bad, we go into protective mode. We put it under the carpet. Then we make it about us. We justify why it went bad. So who's the hero in our story? So God is, God is quite ernstig oor hierdie ding. God's quite serious about this. And if you sort of just a little bit read your Bible with this filter, you, you sort of realize, no, he's, he's quite serious about us. That we shouldn't make it about us. See, our weaknesses and knowing our weaknesses and seeing our weaknesses and boasting about our weaknesses will produce what? faith. And that will produce what? Relationship. It's not about him just wanting glory. Yes, he's God. But it's about him wanting you. And if you're holding on to yourself and your strengths, there's no faith. And then there's no relationship. And if you look at the Bible, you look at Gideon. Gideon why did he choose him? Because he was the weakest of the clan. The weakest clan and the weakest of the brothers in the clan. Why did he choose him? Why did he choose David? The weakest of the brothers. In Hebrews 11, verse 32 to 34, we got it there. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut down the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength. He didn't choose them because they were strong. He chose them because they were weak. His weakness, whose weakness was turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle and rooted 
foreign armies. So when we look at Christians, and we look at the fathers of our faith, and we look at the Andrews, we look at Charles Spurgeon, and I can carry on with the names, Billy Graham, Reinhard Bonker, all these guys, we look at, we look at them, and, and especially I want to go into the prayer side of, when, when we look at people that's like Leonard Ravenhills, and those guys, we admire them as the heroes of the faith. They prayed. They were on their knees. Prayed. And I look at myself and I'm like, oh my head, I'm not like that. I, I need to get disciplined. I need to start becoming more obedient so that I can pray like that. So we beat ourselves into submission. I know that's biblical. So that we can pray. Who's the hero there then? I want to be the hero. I want to pray. I want to be like Leonard Ravenhill. And honestly, I'm like, I'm, I'm talking about myself now. I look at other leaders and I'm like, I want to be, I want to be strong. I want to be that leader for you guys. So it takes me to a story further in that video of Paul Washer and he says, he says he, when he, when he moved somewhere and he started surfing and they taught him how to surf and he was in, in he actually started surfing quite well and then he went into, into the ocean one day and it, there was actually a red flag on the beach saying don't go in, it's not safe, but he went in and he started surfing and then shortly he realized, okay, he's in trouble. And the riptide took him and he's not strong enough knowing what's happening, so he actually thought he's going to die. So he went into the ocean, and then all of a sudden there's this small guy coming up to him on a boogie board, and he says he's butter off his size. And that guy looked afraid. He looked frightened. He's like, you can see on his face, okay, now we're all in trouble. He's not going to make it. I've, I've thought I'm in trouble, but he's, he's not going to make it. And luckily he saw a few younger guys, surfers, not far from him, and he started, he knows, okay, and here's the thing, he knows that he can't go get close to that guy. Wisdom, and through the years, people told him, if somebody's drowning, don't try and help, don't get close, because he's going to pull you down, and you're both going to drown. So he got a few strong, younger guys down the surf, and he started screaming, say, please come and help. So about four or five guys came close to him. They didn't get too close to him, so they can get a hold of him, and they took about, he said, about 20 or 30 minutes to get him out. And the thing that everybody realized is even if this guy was so small, he was strong enough to make trouble for four other surfers in that moment. See, the thing that didn't make him strong wasn't the fact that he was disciplined and a good surfer wasn't the fact that he was big and strong. The thing that made him strong was the fact that he realized his weakness in that moment. The thing that made him desperate is his weakness. At that moment, his weakness was boasting and in the forefront. 
Now the thing that will make the Lord's strength rest upon you is not your discipline. Because then you're the hero. The thing that will make God's strength and power rest on you is a realization of your weakness. And that will make me pray. If we realize how much we need God, how much we need a rescue, how much we need a Savior, that will make me pray. Isn't that liberating? But also convicting. Because we try and be a good Christian the best I can. Out of what place? To look good. To look like a Christian. See, we can so, so quickly put our personalities in this thing. See, I, I talked about bringing words and, and sharing what God's got on your heart, but how many of us struggle to do that because of our personalities? I'm just not like that. See, what is that? That's holding on to your personality. That's not boasting about your weakness. Ek het hier neergesit, ons mis gis baie keer ons talente. Now this is going to be a strong statement. And I want you to really think about this. Wat's mis gis in Engels? Hmm? Misjudge or... Yeah, misjudge is probably the right word. We confuse. I think that's a better way to say that. We confuse our talents and our personality as gifts from God. Our talents and personalities as gifts from God. So if you like surfing, not surfing, serving, if you like serving, because that's your personality, are you holding on to your weakness or your strength? If you've got amazing music talent, is that a weakness or a strength? Did God use David because he was strong and he was a talented fighter? No. Did he use Gideon because he was a talented fighter? No. He used him because he was weak. What am I saying? I'm saying we try to hold on to and not trust God to do things that only he can do through us. We hold on to what we think our personality all along. I'm not a leader. <laughs> Honestly, you guys won't, you know, well, you probably, some of you will believe it, but I'm not personality-wise the best leader. I'm not personality-wise and talented-wise the best preacher. But I said, God, yeah, use me. But the problem now is when I experience the gift and anointing, I start to get comfortable and this becomes easy and I don't realize it's actually my weakness that brought me to this place and I need to put that in the forefront and realize that
That's why, you know, you know it's a great example. Ramon. Where's Ramon? <laughs> Ramon. Who's the, if I look at Ramon, he's up until now the best worship leader, team leader that I've worked with in my life. Not that I've been doing this for multi, like millions of years, but he's the best, according to me, that I've worked with. Why? I honestly say that today, that Jesus is the hero in that story. Why can I say that? Because he's a way more talented bass player than he is a singer and worship leader. And when we said, Ramon, we feel that God wants you to lead. I haven't heard him sing. I've maybe heard him play guitar once or twice, but I told him that Sunday, you're leading worship that Sunday. That was his weakness. It wasn't his talent and his strength. But God's power rested upon him. See, we can so easily hold on to what we're good in. If you're talented in remembering scripture and you're talented in being intellectual, I see so many people holding on to what they know in the word. And this is my opinion. And who's, who's the hero in this? Who's the hero in your story? When you talk to, talk to Christians, you actually let them feel inferior to you because you want to feel, I, I know this and this and this and this and this. And the Hebrew Roots Movement and all those, what does that do? It builds up. It builds up so that I know. So when you talk to Christians, they're like, oh, yes, I need to talk to you because you know. Who's the hero in your story? Rather share your weakness, man. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord. It's not about your personality and your, give, your talents. And it's about a gift from God so that He can get the glory. Just look at our, our elders. None of us are gifted preachers. Gifted in, so we're gifted in the, the Lord, but we, it's not a talent of it. He's an electrician, that guy's an accounting sort of guest, and he's a boor. And then, when, uh, honestly, and then through December, like, we, we've, it's not about us. We're useless. That's why through December we gave space so that we can preach. We can preach. We're not using our best. We're using our gifted ones. The ones that we feel the Lord's gifted to do this. And then they come in and for the first few preachers, they struggle. But we grow in that gift in our faith. I can do all things through God who strengthens me. Bumper stickers. I'm like, I can do all things, but you miss out through God who strengthens you. Who's the hero there? God who strengthens you, or you can do all things. 
Name it and claim it. We claim, we name, we're going to say this. If I speak this into being in the name of Jesus, I'm like, who's the hero there? Jesus or you speaking it into being? It's God's strength, not you. Even the archangel didn't fight. He's like, no, Jesus will fight you. It's God's strength. It's not your strength. Who gets the glory? Your weakness or your strength in knowing the Bible? So I want to read us and then I'm going to land. I always say I'm going to be short and then it ends up longer. And I'm not going to ask if this makes sense to you this morning because it has to. (laughs) So, reading 2 Corinthians 12. Now read this through the lens that we spoke about this morning and that surfer, boogie boarder or whatever you want to call him, crying out for help. I must go on boasting, although there is nothing to be gained. I will go on to visions and revelation from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago were caught up in a third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Just even just that. He doesn't want to say he knows. Just God knows. Was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things. Things that no one is permitted to tell. I will boast about a man like that. But I will not boast about myself. Except about my weaknesses. Even if I should choose to boast, I will not be a fool. Because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, I do not do it. No one, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do and say. Even Paul, the Apostle Paul says, I don't want you to think about me more than you ought to because of what I do between you guys, all the miracles, all this. I don't want you to think more of me, of what I do and say, because of what I do and say. Does it make sense? Especially what we spoke about this morning. Or because of the surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded to the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Is God's grace sufficient for you? Is God's grace sufficient for you? For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight. I delight in weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When, we, when you look at this country and you look at what South Africa, you look at the world, we start getting jittery. We should delight. 
because this will bring out weaknesses in me so that we can get the strength and so that God's strength can rest on us so that he will be the hero in our story. He will be the hero, not the ANC. <laughs> he will be the hero in this church. Not me, not the elders, not the deacons, not your com leader, not you. Not a good word, not great worship. Not the fact that we're a friendly bunch. Not the fact that we love each other so much. Jesus will be the hero in this story. Jesus will be the hero in this church. And if we have to preach about this every Sunday for the next 15 years, Jesus will be the hero in the story, not us. It's not Josh Jane. It's not 412. It's Jesus. And I, I honestly believe if we live in that way, I felt two things in the Lord for this year, and we'll see where next weekend goes. But I felt two things. The first thing, I felt a passiveness in the church. Not just saying Swellendam, I felt a passiveness of just another year. I'm trying to manage the people that we've got. Trying to manage the community. A passiveness in, it's just, let's get through this year. Let's just survive ESCOM. Let's just survive what's happening in this country. Let's just survive our economy. But then I felt the Lord jumping up and down and delighting and being full of joy because of the expectations of lost sons and daughters coming back to the kingdom. The prodigal sons and daughters returning and him jumping up and down. And my prayer for us is, Lord, Lord, give me your heart because I'm weak. I look around me and I get afraid. What's going to happen? I'm weak. Give me your heart. I want to see what you see. When I look at people, I don't want to worry about what they think about me. I want them to worry about what they think about you. Do they know you, Lord? That's why we live. And that's why I send that message in December. Heaven jumps up and down and celebrates when one turns. That's our joy. I don't know how to land this, but if you feel convicted this morning through the Spirit, that you've hold on to yourself, I want you to respond with me this morning because I'm standing. Say, Lord, I need to kill myself. I need to die so that I can boast about my weaknesses. And I'm trying to do that this morning. I've got plenty of weaknesses. But I so easily wanting, want them to turn around into my strength. I've got a preaching gift. No. There's a humbleness that we need to turn to. Say, Lord, I want your power to rest on me, on my weaknesses. So if you feel like that, I want you to stand this morning with me. I want to pray for us. Ja, Vader, ek wil kom bid vir oogend. I want to pray for us, Lord, that 
through your spirit, Father, through your conviction in your spirit. Show us in your heart, Father, where we hold on to ourselves. We hold on to uh, our intellects, Lord, of knowing the Bible, knowing theology, knowing, knowing that we're fine, knowing that we, we've got our ticket to heaven, and as long as we manage that. And we're actually not looking into you, Lord, and asking for conviction in our hearts to show us our weaknesses so that you can get the glory, Lord. I pray that you will come and yeah, just enlighten us in that, Father. Just show us that, Lord. Shine a light on it, Father. And I pray, Father, that we will like that boogie border, Lord, that we will cry out for a Savior, Lord, that we will cry out for you, that our realization of our weaknesses will be our determination, Lord. I pray that in Jesus' name, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray, Father, that you will fill us with your spirit and that we will go out into Swellendam and into all the different regions, Father, and boast about our weaknesses. Say, Lord, you gave us strength by the grace of God, not by my strong faith, but by the grace of God. My weaknesses produced faith, and by that I know him. I know the Lord. I pray that in Jesus' name, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.